at some point in our lives, we're hit with the reality that our time is numbered. However, despite that realization, we don't always live our lives with this in mind. So what does it take for someone to really appreciate the beauty that comes with understanding the mortality we all face? In the season one finale, I tell the story of how the death of a loved one refocused my perspective of what life is really about. Welcome to Forbidden Fruit Podcast, where each episode will awaken you to the knowledge of a better you through insightful discussions and shared experiences that instantaneously changed our lives. Don't forget to follow or subscribe, leave a review, as well as turn on your notifications so you'll know when new episodes are available. Be sure to listen to the end so you don't miss my bite of the apple moments I gain from a lesson in mortality. It's, it's really hard to wrap your mind around mortality. Because at that point, everything, I mean, in a way, is still pretty new to you. You really haven't, ideally at that point, you really haven't gone through life, the weathering of certain storms, certain challenges, certain obstacles, and things like that that you'll deal with, you know, as you get older, once you start entering into adulthood. However, I would I would have to say that typically your first, I guess your first interaction with mortality, your first realization with mortality in, in my mind or for me personally was is, is with grandparents and great grandparents. Uh, when I was I remember I was a freshman in high school when my great grandfather died and and I mean, we were. And we were pretty close. I remember we would go to we go to my grandmother's house, and so my great grandfather and my grandmother lived like around the blocks. Whenever we went to go, you know, visit my grandmother, we would stay with my great grandfather. And so I would be in a room with him, you know, watching his two TV and showing him my toys, playing with his rotary phone while he'd be kind of sitting in his rocking chair, you know, spitting his in his tobacco can. Uh, he would, uh, I mean, he would always give me like coins. He would always, it was just for, for whatever reason, he would always have like a bag of coins, and he would always give it to me, and I would count it out. Like I got money, I got money, <laughs> and uh, so. But even then, though, like I mean, when he passed, I think that was like the first person that was close to me, actually close to me, that died, and I think that was probably my first introduction to to mortality and it you you see and unfortunately you see death like all the time right I mean when you go to a movie someone dies you know I mean even in a Disney movie you know like Mufasa died in the first you know 30-40 minutes of the movie so it's not from a lack of exposure of death but it's it's different when it when it touches you personally and so that experience with me was with my with my great-grandfather and it was it was it was jarring in a way because even though I mean my great-grandfather was I mean he, 
no no younger than 80 as far as i remember him uh, and so even though logically it made sense like okay he's he's older and i'm extremely young there will be a day where he won't be here however when that day came it's it i don't think the logic mattered i remember i was i made it all the way through class all the way through school i want to say i was in english class at the end of the day and i just i just broke down i think i was i just started crying on my desk i put my head down and i just started crying and my teacher asked me you know what's going on and i told him i my grandfather passed, my great grandfather passed. And so they kind of let me step out. And I don't think I went to class. I don't think I went back to class that day. And it's just, it's, it's something that you never really get used to when it hits home. And so to, to, to kind of bring, bring up the reason that I, that I feel like this episode is, is necessary is because uh recently uh my my grandmother passed uh july 13th uh she passed away and it was a very as as logical as it made as logical as it was because she was she was sick i mean her health was declining from december of, of last year and then we had all these episodes and it was just kind of like almost kind of like when you have a when I when I realized I was becoming a father right like I like as soon as I realized I was gonna be a father like in my mind I went okay I gotta buy diapers I gotta buy wipes I gotta buy a crib I gotta buy all this stuff but it really didn't hit me until I I held my son in my arms and so and this it, again so as logical as it, as it as it seems it really didn't hit me until I got the call from my mom and it was a video call. So I saw her face and it was, I was at work and it was just, you know, mama's gone. And I mean, and I think initially when I, when I felt that as a, as a son, my, my initial response was, I need to be strong for my mom because my mom's mom just passed away and I can't really understand what that feels like. I know that's my grandmother, but it's not the same. I just innately understood that it's not the same. And, you know, and then just kind of checking on other members of the family, see how you're doing, you know, making sure, you know, folks kind of knew what was going on. And if they didn't know what was going on, it's like, hey, you know, you call, call your dad, call your mom, kind of see what's going on. Because I don't want to be the one to break that news. I felt like that was, that was on the onus of the, her, her children. And, and again, it's, it's, it's still to me in this, in this state of mind, it was still logical. You know what I mean? Because it was just like, you know, she had been battling for so long. And even then, like a few weeks out, you know, we've had those moments where the, you know, the nurse will say it's not, it's not going to be long from now. It's not going to be long from now. And, and you, that, that went from, you know, the first time we heard that was, you know, but she was terminal. It was, let's say a month, some months out. And then, you know, the second time we heard it, she lived another three weeks. 
And then when I got the call, we got the call. Well, I got the call. It's in my mind. It was like, okay, I've been anticipating this mentally. However, when we actually get to the service, it it's like I don't know, like it just I just lost it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like the the mind and the heart completely detached, and I just became, you know, just I just was crying hysterically, and I, and I think even at that point, like I had made it all the way to the end of the service, and. I'm not gonna go into the the specifics because I do want to keep certain things, you know, sacred. I believe it was just one of the first few things that kind of came across my mind was just those times where, like, you you know, you should have you should have called her more, or you should have you know, you should have checked on her and, and this and or whatever. But you know, before before she even got sick, and I think then it's like mortality the idea and the understanding of mortality really really kind of honed in on me although although my great grandfather had passed what in 2000 2001 so we're talking about you know 20 years later and so i i think the 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 the, the things that stood out to me wasn't necessarily and and this is just me it wasn't necessarily like you know growing up with my grandma and you know watching wrestling with my grandma and and you know and and just things like that hearing her about her talking you know talking about fishing with her friends and going to church with her and and all these other things it was just the things that stood out to me and that in that specific moment was just you know the moments where you know what i thought about her and i didn't call her or, you know, the, the times that I would ask mom, you know, how's, you know, how's grandma doing? And she's saying, you know, she's doing good. We're going this and there and, and you know, doing all these things together. You should call her. And it's, it, it really brings in to perspective that life is not, it's, it's finite, right? Because when you're younger, you do all these things with the idea that, you know, like I'm going to, I'm invincible, right? Like you don't, like I never considered thinking about like health insurance until I got, you know, until I had my son. It was just not something I considered, right? Because I'm, I'm young. I'm not, you know, I don't get sick. I don't get hurt or whatever. And, but now it's like when I think of that, when I think of, of, of people now in general, I, I understand that there's a, there's an end date. Like there is a, a period of time where where this this life expect like this life ends and, and I know it sounds it sounds negative but to look at the positive side is it death makes you appreciate life right like if things that people have in abundance like if I had a, a you know if I had let's say if I had 10 cars and I wrecked one then the first, my first thought would probably be, well, I've got none of the cars. I'm not worried about it. But, but when it comes to mortality, you only get one life and your friends only get one life and those, and you never know what's going to be the reason that ends, right? Like it can be, you can live a long life. It could be health. It could be an accident, a car wreck. It could be, 
you know, uh, an unexpected illness. It could be, you know, whatever. And so I think in that moment, it made me look at people differently to in a way that made me appreciate people more than what I already did. And so the, the things that I, I guess I really want to to share with you that I, I took from that moment is whenever you find yourself in a position where you think of somebody just randomly, just out the blue, like you, you, you should check on them. Like call them, say, hey, you crossed my mind. You know what? How are you doing? Because I've had instances, a couple of instances, where I had a friend of mine, a close friend of mine a few years ago, was kind of, I guess that was having, uh, she hadn't spoke to her father in a while. And she said, hey, you know what, my father's in town. I don't know if I should go see him or not. You know, and, and, and for, for whatever reason, like in my gut, in my gut, just something in me said, hey, say, you know, you should go see him because you never know. And then it couldn't have been more than two weeks later and he passed. And so I'm not saying that to, to, to associate a negative uh, connection to, you know, considering somebody. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think you should live in fear. Like, if I think about somebody, I need to not be concerned that something bad is going to happen. But what I am saying is you don't know. And what you don't want to happen, what you don't want to have happen is you being in a church thinking, I should have I should have checked on, you know, so-and-so. Or I should have called and said, hey, how are you doing? Or this person never heard me say, I love you. I never got to tell this person I love you. And that to me is what understanding what mortality is. It's not like this thing to be dreaded. Because I think there is there's life beyond. And I'll kind of go into a little bit of that too, based on what we were learning through my grandmother's, you know, transitioning is what they called it. But what I think mortality should do is, again, make you appreciate life. And so even with that, I guess one of the things that I, I learned, I guess, just in this whole thing is. Like there is there's something else out there, right? Like, I mean, this life, I don't believe that this life is it. And, and I say that because there was periods of time where. Like my grandmother would see people that had passed. And apparently, you know, when you're dealing with, uh, you know, medical professionals, they, they, spe uh, they specialize in what they call transitioning, uh, like hospice care. Uh, they share with my mother that, that that's normal for someone that's making that transition to be alive and then still see someone that's passing. It's almost kind of like a. Uh, I don't know, not to bring up a, you know, a hot topic, but like like when George Floyd died, that moment where he was, you know, calling for his mother, although she had died two years before, right? Like, so it, it seemed to me like there was like this limbo of like, you know, this life and the next. She was here and then she was not, and then she was here and then she was not. And that also for me led me you know 
makes me then again to appreciate uh, my faith. You know what I mean? Like, like nothing is, I, I don't really believe in coincidence. Nothing is coincidental. And so that made me really realize that, yes, there is something beyond this life. Now, I feel like, it, and when it comes to religion and faith and spirituality, it feels like we're all sitting around this roulette table and we put our chips on a certain ideology, right? And we're waiting for the ball to stop to figure out like who's actually right. You know what I mean? Like you got like Islam, you got Christianity, you got people that believe in you know, Hinduism, you got people that don't believe in anything, you got people that believe in spirituality, you got people that believe in the universe or whatever. And all of them are, I'm not gonna say they conflict, but it's like they're all not the same. So at the end of the day, who's right? So it, it, it made me really dig into or in a way solidify, like not that it wasn't before, but it really solidified like my, the reason why I believe in what I, I choose to believe in. Because the simple fact that, that that is normal, that transitioning period where like they, you know, someone is like, that's passing, like sees people that have, that have died years before, that, that in my mind like certifies the fact that there's something beyond this life. The other thing that really comes to mind when I now think of mortality is what's really important. You know what I mean? I think, you know, losing a loved one really also puts in perspective of what is really important in regards to how you spend your time and your focus and your energy around, right? So. And today we live in a, a social media society, right? Where you, anyone can create a page and then convince, uh, you know, strangers that their life is this or their life is that. Or, or honestly, specifically, and I, I hate to say it, where it's like specifically in a lot of what you what you call African-American culture, a lot of it is a very, a lot of bravado. A lot of who's the goat, who's the best, who has this, who doesn't have that, you know what I mean? Like money, booties, you know, jewelry, who can, you know, make the best music, who can make the best podcast. And it's just for me, it's it's sad for me to see, right? I mean, such a talented, you know, group of people to, you know, spend so much energy focusing on something that doesn't matter and i'm not saying everyone does this but it, it for me it, it just it just hurts me because it's like life is so much more than this right and honestly at the end of the day and it's just my perspective it really boils down to just unaddressed trauma unaddressed anxiety and whatever's happened you know in our in our past is really being allowed to steal the rest of our lives in a way and then you have you know young kids growing up in this society where you know everyone has a phone everyone you know everyone can create a social media page and now it's about creating followers about having you know popularity you know who can see me and you know the best of me right because I mean when we're posting we're really not posting our actual lives we're posting the highlights right but the life is not uh, a a highlight reel, you know what I mean? 
there's ups and downs and the downs actually is what makes you appreciate the, the highs and then the, the lows or the downs actually are what molds you to be someone that can have more highs and lows eventually if you if you don't take on a victim mentality right so i guess for me it, it what matters to me are just a couple of things it's it's my son and being the best father that i can be with the time that i have with him and then also again it's it's my faith right it's my my belief in god right because i feel like at the end of the day or after the end of the day when i have to account for my life then you know all the material possessions all the notoriety all the accomplishments or whatever the it's not going to matter i don't think it's going to care i don't think god cares about what you had who you've dated who you've been with what country you grew up in you know what kind of house you have what kind of car you drove how much money you had in the bank whose music was the best you know who, who whatever and it's, it's sad that it takes you know something to the to the extreme as as death to make you really kind of uh hone in on these things right it's like why can't i just like why can't i just understand these things now without somebody having to you know to die to make me really appreciate what really matters and so for me with that i would just say look be the best person that you can with the time that you have because there are no redos there are no oh my bad i didn't know that let me go back and so don't waste your life focused or you know dedicated to things that are temporary that don't matter and then you know overlook the things that actually do matter for these right like your family like your loved ones you know you know saying hi to a stranger down the street that may be going through the worst thing imaginable and you saying hello to them is like the thing that hey that kind of gives them the energy to go the extra mile right so i think that's what matters the most right like helping people that are that is within your ability to help you know being you know a good father mother husband whatever that is you know that, that's applicable to you and then if you do have a faith or ideology or whatever stand true committed and sold out to that because my my biggest fear based on what i believe is i would hate to you know, spend my entire life, you know, not addressing the traumas from, you know, childhood and my past, thinking that now I have to, subconsciously I'm I'm suppressing that and acting out being, you know, hypersexual or, you know, uh, arrogant, self-centered uh, and all these other things, you know what I mean? Just to try to curve that, that you know, that, that inner demon in me and instead of just addressing it head on and I've spent my entire life avoiding that to now when I have to now account for my life being empty handed saying I, you know, I wasn't the best father I could have been I didn't help the people that, I was, that was within my ability to help I didn't spend my time that you gave me wisely and, and what I believe will be the consequences of that it's uh, I don't know it's 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 kind of it's it it brings it all into perspective right the i don't know it's like a story in the bible where it talks about this man gave these three men 
these like money, right? I guess talents, I guess. And so two of the guys, he gave them talents and they went and invested it and came back. And so when he came back, the, the guy that gave him the money came back and said, look, we, we multiplied your money. And then a third guy took the money and buried it in the ground. And then the guy that let him borrow the money, he said, look, I'm gonna take that and the money that you have. So I think that's kind of what it's like, right? Don't take your value and just bury it because of what you've been through. Because I personally feel like if I if I do that with the gifts that I've been given, the you know the people that I've been blessed to have in my life, I will lose everything. The thing, the the, the gifts that God has given me, He'll take that and everything else. So, not to get too again, not to get too hyper spiritual or religious with you, but that's just that's just my perspective. That's the lens that I choose to look at life. So, again. I'll leave you with that. And, and I please, if there's somebody that's on your mind that, that food is popping up in your head for whatever reason, don't ignore it. Call them. Tell them you love them. You know, make sure that they understand everyone that you love knows loud and clear that they that you love them. I definitely want to say that I do appreciate you taking your time to listen to my podcast. Season one, this is the finale. And uh, I'll be working on season two here pretty shortly. But I just want to say thank you so much. I I hope that this podcast has brought value to your life. And I hope that this podcast can give you a different perspective. I'm not saying that I'm like the expert on everything. I'm just trying to share with you the perspectives and the lessons that I've learned throughout my life that that has helped me make sense of life. As well as uh, the several guests that I've had on. Uh, Thank you to you as well. And so until season two, be tempted. Hey, this is Nick Moore, your host. I understand that time is life, which is why I'm so grateful that you would take the time to listen to Forbidden Fruit Podcast. It's something that I do not take lightly. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, please share this with a friend. You can also show your support by downloading following or subscribing to the podcast, as well as leaving a review on Apple podcast. Don't forget to turn on your notifications so you don't miss an episode. Find me on Twitter at podcast underscore fruit. I would love to hear from you. And like always, until then, be tempted.